So good morning once again. Uh, my name is Mario Moore. So happy to be with you all this morning teaching and week two of meeting with God, right? Yeah, week two. So uh, along with my brother, Frank Hannon, back here, we'll be taking you through this six-week six course uh, equipping class uh, about meeting with God. So today, we'll begin to talk through what I believe is honestly the most important of all the spiritual disciplines. Uh, that being our intake of the Bible, our Bible intake. Uh, so, which means today, I want to encourage you to have a Bible, right? Uh, I really want to encourage you to have a Bible, whether it's something you swipe or a uh, paper copy. If you need a copy, we have some there at the back uh, that you're welcome to grab and use as well. Uh, or Frank can give you one if you can just raise your hand and we'll bring one to you if you need one, all right? Uh, so I want to just encourage you to have your Bibles today because like, kind of in the First John 1 sense, uh, in an illustrative way, I want us to be able to, to see, to touch, to hear, and proclaim to one another the words of God. So that'll be uh, beautiful for us to have the word of God handy to us today. Uh, so as a means, uh, just kind of letting you know a little bit more about me, just because I haven't met you. I've been here for about seven years at UBC. It's been an honor and a privilege to serve alongside the body, to be blessed by uh, this church family. Uh, but one of the greatest privileges I've had in my entire life is that I was raised by Christian parents. Uh, and not just parents, Christian parents just in a general sense, but parents who actually believed the Bible and tried to raise me to understand the gospel. Like, they actually were Christ-centered in what they did. So I remember, like, the Bible was, like, always a fixture in my family. Like, we had the family Bible, yes, there on the, on the coffee table, the big uh, gold-trimmed in King James Version. So the Bible was kind of everywhere. We had 50 copies in our own house, probably. Uh, it was, uh, the Bible was kind of poured over us as we were going to bed. As we woke up in the morning, you would hear my father singing. You would, we would be brought to Wednesday night Bible study for, uh, for the adults. And then we got brought back on Thursday night for the youth Bible study. Like we on youth, on youth Bible study nights, they made us quote Psalm 23 every single week. Uh, so like even to this day, that, that's still like, uh, just like a fixture in my mind. Just so, and just all that Bible intake was just, just poured over me in like so many aspects of my life. Like even I had teachers uh, at my public school where who were just pouring the word into my life. But like all this Bible intake, until I became a Christian, it was just like, what's the purpose of all this? Like, what? I, I, y'all keep telling me all these holy, saturated, old words, but what's, like they really didn't have a purpose to me until I was able to actually see the purpose in like meeting God behind them. When God finally gave me a new heart, I finally had a heart to meet him through his word. So the spiritual disciplines are much of what that is. The spiritual disciplines, they are habits of devotion and the spiritual Christianity by which God graciously permits his children to meet with him and to become more like him in accordance with his word. But this is kind of the, the conundrum I find myself in. It seems like the more that I've remained and abided in the word uh, and tried to intake it into my own heart, I, I keep finding out that I'm not like God like I should be. Uh, I, I keep finding out that I, I lack in righteousness. I lack in godliness. 
But then on the other end, too, I find out that I am more like Christ than of this world now. So I find like these two tensions that, I, that this Bible intake helps encourages me to know that, yes, you are like you are being made into the image of your father. You are like Christ. But at the same time, you have growth, you have sanctification. So I get to see that kind of spurring on uh, this heart work in both in my Bible intake where it helps me see the need for Christ and that I am in Christ as well. Yeah, so spiritual discipline is a Bible intake. It's one of those that should influence every other spiritual discipline. You see, the word should touch every portion of our life. And sometimes we fail to see that because how the word touches our lives because we fail to touch the word. Uh, we fail to take it up and pick it up and read it and digest it. And, and, and there are many reasons why, excuses why we, we don't take it up, whether it be like you're just tired, you know. You get tired of kids, you get tired of being tired, sickness, so many tasks that fall on your plate. We're busy. And then if we're just honest, sometimes, many times we don't take up the Bible just because we don't want to, right? It's not exciting enough for us or, or it's too hard, right? It's, we don't know how to. Uh, we're forgetful. Like, we forget to read the Bible. We become anxious about other things and the Bible sometimes kind of sits off to the side. Uh, or we properly tell ourselves, you know what, we had the Bible on Sunday. We don't need it today. Uh, we, there's just a plethora of sinful reasons why we could throw up or why we didn't take in the Bible daily, why we don't take in the Word daily to see this type of heart work that we need in Christ. Yeah, so even finding all this exposure to the Bible, I'm sure many of you still have even today, I still find... Uh, that we fall into the same pitfalls, that we forget to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Just thinking kind of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We need to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. And there are many reasons why we would dismiss, like, kind of dismiss ourselves from this healthy dose of Bible intake. And they are real. And sometimes like, those reasons why we don't take up the Bible are just complicated and uh, just cumbersome and not un the Bible uh, God understands it I understand that there's grace towards you but I do want to exhort us in, in, a, in a way to kind of come out of excuses and see resources that are available to us to take up the Bible uh, to push against laziness and to abide in the love of God's word so that's somewhat of the exhortation I would love for us to work through today and to uh, help us through uh, today uh, so I want to exhort God's children to meet with their father through hearing, studying, and dialoguing about the word of God. So there are six methods which we will look through today. If you look on your handout, uh, well, we won't look through all six today, but we'll look through three today. Uh, but on the front of your handout, you'll see those six methods uh, of Bible intake listed there for you. All right. So as you, as you look at these methods, uh, I want you to be thinking about even now, like, okay, of these, hearing the word, meditating, studying, memorizing, talking about the word, reading the word, like, which of these would you say in your own personal life that you do well in? Like, yeah, I do well in reading the Bible. Oh, yeah, I do well in memorizing scripture. Uh, I want even kind of reflect over your own life. You no need to, I won't make you confess anything today. All right. And then just like also think about, uh, well, I definitely need to grow in this area. Like I need to grow in my, my ability to study God's word, my, my devotion to 
uh, to hear the word of God? What, what are some areas of which you would say you need to grow in? Uh, um, let that be some type of reflection, usually, because Frank will take the second half of uh, these six uh, methods next week. So even hold on to this as we continue to uh, talk through them. Uh, but just be reflective over uh, how, what does it look like for these Bible intake methods to uh, saturate my life and for me to grow in them. All right. uh, but for those of you here today, uh, some of you might be just, you know, just killing it in your spiritual disciplines of Bible intake. Like all six of these, you'll put a check mark by like, yep, doing this every single day. And if you're, if that's you, God bless you, my brother and sister. Like it's, you're doing well. Uh, so what you might even hear today, uh, what I give uh, from the God's word, it may not even be new to you. Nothing that's uh, extravagant. Uh, it's no eloquent words, as Paul would say. But I do want to encourage you in this way. So if you say that you feel like you're doing well in these areas, I want to give you the encouragement that Paul gave to the Thessalonians in chapter. 5 of First Thessalonians, verse 14. He says, I want to urge you to admonish the idle. I want to urge you to encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. So if you find yourself that you find like you're doing well in spiritual disciplines in this life, this is not a class for you to bask in how well you are doing. But my call is to get your eyes up and look out to see how can you be a faithful brother and sister in Christ to help those of us who, yeah, just in life, we do struggle, and we need the help of our brothers and sisters to kind of hold our arms up as we try to intake the word of God. But if you're here today and you just kind of confess that you look at these even six methods and you're like, Man, I'm not really doing well in any of these, <laughs> and it's just tough, and I don't even know where to start. Uh, well, honestly, I just want you to know that God's grace is given to you. You're, all right, so... He understands, as a good father does, he understands, and there's grace towards you from God the Father. And even though we might be negligent in our Bible intake at times, uh, the fact still remains that God wants to meet with me. Right? He still wants to meet with his children. That, that is still a fact for us here today. So preferably today would kind of be a spark for like a, a revival even uh, in our hearts to to, up, to take in the word of God daily, to be disciplined in our Bible intake. Uh, if there be any new believers in the room, um, my encouragement to you is to not do everything, okay? But the task for you is not to take all six of these and go figure out, uh, take one, all right? And become very disciplined in it, all right? Because so, we can kind of, as new believers, you can get excited about the, the wealth and the breath of all the best things you can do in God's word. And I, I just want to tell you, if you begin dabbling in everything, you can have the tendency not to become disciplined in anything. So I want to encourage you to just take one thing and, and just devote yourself to it. Grow in it, become consistent, set a goal, uh, and just discipline yourself in one of these methods. Don't try to do everything uh, unless you get kind of lost in the, in the, in the swamp of everything that's out there. All right, so that was just kind of like a <clears throat> introduction uh, for us. Uh, as you'll see as, we, as I begin teaching, uh, these methods, uh, meditation, reading, studying, hearing God's word, they're all going to kind of overlap. All right, they're, 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 them thing, they're, they're their own things in themselves, 
but they're going to kind of overlap in some shape, form, or fashion, all of them in one way or another. Uh, I think that's the beautiful uh, gift of God's word is that they don't just happen in silos, but you see how they work together, complementing one another. Uh, so you'll actually see that as we uh, begin talking through these here today. All right. So before we get started, I want to have any questions, comments before we get going here today? Well, if that be the case, let's take those Bibles and open up to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We'll begin reading at verse 129. Psalm 119, verses 129. Uh, this will kind of be our starting passage today. We'll hit it a couple times throughout our text, but I encourage you uh, as throughout the week to take this passage with you throughout the week uh, to use it for some of these methods which we'll talk about. It's a wonderful text uh, which is worthy and hits on some of the ideas which we'll speak of. So Psalm 119, starting at verse 129, hear the word of the Lord. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as in your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from, my man, from man's oppression that I might keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes set streams of steers because people do not keep your law. Amen. Let us pray. God, your hands have made us and created us. So we pray that you would give us understanding that we might learn your commandments. Let those who fear the Lord see us and rejoice because we have hoped in your word. And we ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. So like I said, there are six ways which we'll discuss uh, the Bible intake. Uh, but of one of these areas which we could and should grow in about, about intake is how we uh, hear the word of God. So that brings us to our first uh, note there, hearing the word of God. Now, when we talk about hearing the word of God, this can appear to be kind of like a uh, simplest of Bible intakes, right? So it's just kind of like this very passive activity. Like right now, even as maybe some of you are half awake, you can passively just kind of hear me talking to you, all right? So it seems like uh, that just kind of coming to hearing the God, hearing the word of God doesn't really take much to do so. Uh, so all you got to do is put yourself in the place where God's word is being spoken or where you can hear the scriptures being read to you. And surely there's a catch, right? Like, it can't just be that easy to hear God's word, uh, to hear the scriptures read to you. Uh, it's, it seems like it's too easy. It shouldn't be this simple. Uh, but I just want to tell you that, yeah, it is that simple to hear the word of God. 
It is, it's that simple. All you have to do is put yourself in a place where you can have it hear it, where you can hear it. It's that simple. Well, great. End of point, right? <laughs> all right. So all you gotta do is just put on a CD or, or as I was told one time, a cassette player, uh, like uh, just to put on the scriptures and just hear it, right? Okay, it's that simple, right? Yeah. It's point over. But I want to lean in just a little bit more, okay? Uh, yes, it is that simple, but not as quiet. I want to help us lean into more of a holy, holistic hearing of God's word, right? So when we hear the Bible use certain words, uh, we can kind of take a more simplified connotation of them. So like when the Bible talks about love, you can, we can kind of only think of it love in like an affectionate sense and not think of the sacrificial commitment that is needed with it. So when the Bible talks about knowing God or knowing one another, we kind of think like a head knowledge, head knowing, but we miss the intimacy and the relationship of knowing one another. And I believe the same thing happens here when we see the Bible talks about hearing the word of God. Yes, it does mean to use your ears, your auditory processes, but I believe the Bible prescribes something a little bit deeper. All right, so turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. There in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to pick up there at verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, I'll pick up at verse 4. And it says this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You should talk to them. You should talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You see, in this passage, there's this call for Israel to, to hear, hear the word of the Lord. And as they hear the truth that the Lord, our God, the Lord is one, there's an expectation of a response of obedience from what they have heard, the truth that they have heard about their Lord. They are expected to respond obediently. He says, you shall love and he says, I command you, I should, you shall teach them, you shall talk of them, you shall reflect on them, you shall write them down. You see, it's not just obedience, but they have heard, what they have heard, the truth that they have heard, it should stick with them, right? It's not just something that they've heard and just do, but it should stick with them. It should be written on their hearts. It should be binded on their hands. It should be the frontlets between their eyes. It should be on the doorposts and on the gates. It's something that should abide and remain with them. Now here, so now hearing is not just some auditory capability, but it's a holy, holistic listening exercise. Yet the Lord does not command us to do what he himself does not do. So he gives us an example of what does this look like even for a Christian. If you look at Psalm chapter 66, you see this uh, psalm given, the psalmist writes of how the Lord comes and 
peers, all who fear God. Matter of fact, you can turn there. Psalm 66. Uh, Psalm 66, I'll pick up at verse 16. It says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and, he, <clears throat> and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. You see, the Lord doesn't just hear in a contemplative way, but the Lord hears in such a way where he responds to his children. He, see, he hears the cries when we cry out, Abba, Father, and he works on behalf of his children. He hears us and he responds. Also, the Lord does not command us to do what he himself does not equip us to do. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. It says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. We see that the Lord, in hearing the word, although he commands us to, he says, but he also creates the hearing ear. That we can hear the word of God. He unstops clogged ears that we might hear his word. The hearing of the word of God must hit the heart or else it's not hearing. It's not truly hearing. That's what, uh, going back to that Deuteronomy passage, what they call the, the Shema. The, the hear the word of God. It's not just the listening of the ears, but it must hit the heart. You see, Christ picks up on this same idea when he begins teaching and preaching through the parables. There in Matthew chapter 13, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13. You see here in Matthew chapter 13, he's, we see this dialogue happening between Jesus and the religious leaders there. And as he begins teaching, he's teaching in parables, as Jesus often does. And as he teaches in parables, they're confused and bewildered about what does Jesus even mean? They hear him talking, but it hasn't really taken effect. They don't know what he's talking about. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, he says, For the people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear. So once again, you see there's this connection from the hearing and the heart. The heart and hearing, they kind of go hand in hand. They hold hands with each other. This teaches further that giving another parable, kind of, he wants to just drive this point down even further. So he makes this statement here that because their hearts are dull, they can't hear. And then he goes into the parable of the sower, where some seed are falling on rocky ground or thorny ground or good soil, and that doesn't take root. If it doesn't take root, they cannot bear fruit. It's this heart of hearing and it's the heart in hearing the gospel, not just a doing of it. See, hearing the truth of God should not stop at the ears. It has a direct path to the heart of man. For the believer and the non-believer, you better believe that there are many roadblocks, though. There are many roadblocks that hinder the word of God from getting from our ears to our heart. There are many of them. So keeping it not in mind, like, I want you to just even think, like, what keeps us from hearing the word of God. I would love some feedback. I would just want to think, what keeps us 
from truly hearing the word of God in this way? Too much noise. Too much noise, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's way more than seven. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching the person walk out the other end. Did you stop it? Yeah. Too much noise. What what hinders us from hearing the word of God in this way? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> One of those things that I believe is a hindrance for us hearing the word of God as we should. Uh, well, it's one major issue. So let's even back up, okay? That's one major issue. Uh, if you're not given a new heart, if you're not given uh, the heart, if your heart of stone has not been replaced by Christ, if you have not believed in Christ, if you've not been born again, you won't hear. Okay? This is a work of Christ to allow us to have unstopped ears and changed hearts that we might hear the word of God. So it first begins with this call to turn and trust in Jesus Christ. Now there might be some of you in here who have not placed your faith in Christ Jesus. You've not believed in Christ or haven't heard the word of God. <clears throat> so I pray that the words that we read this morning and give to you in scripture, I pray that it's kind of that, that you would hear the bell ringing before you hear the trumpet sounds. All right? You know, I pray that the Lord would unclog your ears and that you would have a desire to hear what thus says the Lord and that you would delight in it in your heart. I would pray that for you. I would love to talk to you more about what does it mean for us to hear the word of God in this way. I'm sure there will be many other Christians in this room who would love to do that. I, I see a few of you in here. So if that would be you today, I would love to talk to you and just dialogue more about what does it mean for us to hear the word of God in this way. But at the same time, we know for a fact uh, that we often can't hear in this way because of unrepentant sin. Right, sin is an artery clogger. All right, it 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 just disrupts, and sometimes you're not even aware of it. Okay, like unrepentant, unconfessed sin, we can't let stew because it hinders our ability to hear the word of God. Right, <clears throat> so we need to discipline our. <clears throat> excuse me. So the call for us is that to repent, repent that we might hear the word of God. So we need a discipline to hear God's word because if we don't discipline ourselves to hear God's word regularly, we may only hear of it accidentally or just when we feel like it or not at all. All right. So we need a discipline of hearing God's word in this way. All right. What should we do to, to hear God's word better? 
All right, so like we talked about already, check your heart, right? Check your heart. How are you approaching God's word? Uh, how do you hear God's word? Do you come to it kind of just grudgingly, uh, re- kind of reluctantly? <clears throat> and even as we think about that, I know we've handed this out a few times in our Sunday evening service, uh, but there's this great resource called Before You Open Your Bible, uh, Nine Hearts Postures for Approaching God's Word. Uh, it teaches us how to approach your Bible prayerfully, humbly, desperately, studiously, obedient, joyfully, expectantly, communally, and Christocentrically. I have to practice to say that word. <coughs> but yeah, so it gives us some great uh, short chapters, uh, but just meditative ways in which we can, what we should be thinking about our, to check our hearts as we get ready to hear the word of God. If you would like this book today, I would be happy to give it to you. All right, there we go. So that, that's a call for us to, to first just check our hearts. All right. Secondly, as you've checked your heart and kind of done the preparation work that you need, uh, I want to call you to engage your head. Okay. As you hear the word of God, <clears throat> check for understanding. Okay. Some of this is what we do in Bible study and how we check for understanding. So what you hear, check for understanding. Ask questions, all right, about what you hear from God's word. Right? Sometimes just writing it down, like writing what you have heard. Uh, I know a professor I used to have, she would record uh, lectures and things that she had done. And as she was recording, I would see her, like, repeat back as it's happening what, uh, what is being said. And so just even repeating over and over, like what you're hearing, just kind of check for understanding to engage the head of why you're hearing God's word. It's not just an effectual. You just have to, you have to know and understand as well. And just as encouragement, I encourage you to involve your hands in some way. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm a note taker uh, as I hear God's word. Um, so I like to take notes uh, on the, on the, like you know, on the bulletin, um, there's the, I forgot the terminology, sorry. Uh, but on the bulletin in the mornings, I like to take notes. I'm probably not going to go back to them outside of conversations I have that week. Sometimes I save them. Sometimes my journals are just kind of stored up in my closet. But it does help me hear the word as it's being given to me. It's kind of that kinesthetic learning as it comes from the head, from the hand to the head to the heart. Uh, just some tips as you hear the word of God, how to be an active listener to kind of help the word implant and to eliminate distractions. All right. So where can we hear the word? Okay. We've already talked about one of them. Regularly gather with the body. All right. Do not neglect the, uh, do not forsake the gathering with one another together. All right. In Nehemiah chapter eight, we see this great example of how the people of God come together to hear the word of God read to them. It says there in chapter 8, it says, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, and for he was above all the people, and he opened it with all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands and bowed down their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So gather with other like-minded believers to hear the word of God preached and read to you. We do this every Sunday. We preach the word. You hear the scriptures read to you. So don't actively just sit back and look on the screen or just actually engage in hearing the word of God. 
have someone read to you. Uh, take time uh, during the family dinner. Have someone read scripture. All right. Take time to, <clears throat> as you're meeting and discipling one another, like take time to hear the scriptures read to yourself. Uh, don't just talk about it. Actually hear the word of God. Uh, maybe some of you just need to engage <clears throat> in the evening services uh, to be back out here uh, to hear the word of God. Uh, some of you just need to take advantage of uh, just apps. Streetlights Bible is a great app that I use to, to help hear the word of God, to hear scripture read to me. Uh, the YouVersion Bible app uh, on your phones, I'm sure nine out of ten of you have it downloaded already. Uh, it has versions of the Bible where you can just press the play button and you can hear the word of God read to you. Uh, there's, another verse, there's another app called Fighterverse. Uh, literally, Fighterverse uh, helps memorize scripture, but it also sets scriptures to songs sometimes. Fighterverse oh, cool. uh, <clears throat> is another avenue you can try to hear the word of God. Uh, and then even in singing, um, don't neglect the songs in which you hear scripture. Right? So songs in which we sing are actually just scripture, just ripped from the Bible. Um, there's a song by Marvin Sapp uh, called You Are God Alone. It's uh, where I began to, <clears throat> excuse me, it's where I began to memorize 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be our glory and honor, dominion forever and ever, amen. Like this, just from his song. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We sing that here at UBC. Psalms chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light. When we sing Jesus Messiah, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For your sake you made him to be who <clears throat> he who knew no sin, you made him to be sin, so that we uh, might become his righteousness. So hear scripture as is even sung to you as we gather with one another. So those are just some avenues in which I would encourage you to don't neglect as we try to hear the word of God. Okay. And I think you'll see that <clears throat> hearing the word of God will kind of affect a lot of what we do uh, with study and with uh, our dialogue. Uh, but I want to pause there for any questions that you might have. Sometimes it's just like uh, key things that I'm picking up in scripture as I keep my Bible open, uh, reading the scripture. Sometimes it's, I'm writing what I've observed uh, in the text. Uh, so yeah, my notes are not as structured. I try to follow the structure of the sermon so he gives points, point number one, point number two, point number three, gives a theme that he wants us to look at. Uh, that's kind of the normal rhythm of what we'll be here. So if you kind of get those major points, that theme, repeated phrases, 
I think that'll be a great starting point for what you'd like in a year or two or the time. Anything you do? Some people, some people are. They, they can kind of. They have great auditory ears. Yeah. That'll be, be a great way to hear, right? I thought, okay, I can't get to it now, but I can return to it later to even study it later. So yeah, great word, great word. Let's chug along then, all right? Uh, let's go to our second point there, studying the word of God, all right? So some of you, some of you actually might be familiar with the phrase, the phrase, Curiosity kills the cat. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so what some of you might not know is that's not the full phrase. Like, the full phrase is curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction, satisfaction brought it back. I was just like, hold on, you're telling me I've been quoting this thinking one thing my entire life but it's actually more to it. Yeah. Yeah. So why not bring that up? It's somewhat of a silly idiom that we could bring up, but curiosity killed the cat. But I believe most of our study in the Bible is uh, driven by maybe our righteous curiosity of what it says. And sometimes we can. Yeah. And, but at the same time, what our satisfaction is. In studying the Bible will determine whether it kills us or just leads us to death or just leads us to despair. Like, only thing that's going to redeem our study of the Bible is not having all your answers questions, all your questions answered. That can't be your satisfaction. If that's where your curiosity is satisfied, you will only find despair. There has to be a better satisfaction. Our satisfaction in studying the word of God is not merely answering all of our curious thoughts. Our satisfaction has to come from that we are able to meet with God. Amen. That we are able to behold him, his wonder, his mystery. That's where our satisfaction should come from. If it's anything else, we might find ourselves deeply, deeply disappointed. So take even the quote from first, I'm sorry, not first John. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 8, when Philip says to Jesus, Jesus, just show us the Father, and that'll be enough for me. Like, prayerfully, he didn't even know that he was talking to God himself. But as we read the Bible, I pray that we would know that we have the word of God right in front of us. And that we would have this desire to say, if we just see God, that'll be enough for us. 
Like, we won't have all our questions answered. We won't know everything. But if we see God, that'll be enough for us. When we truly understand that there is no greater sight to behold than our God, we can't help but study his word. Psalm chapter 111, verse 2. Psalm chapter 111, verse 2. It says, great are the works of the Lord, studied, catch that, studied by all who delight in them. Not delight in knowing everything, and delight in knowing God, knowing his word and his great works. So if we look in the Bible, we see some biblical examples of people who had this heart as they studied the word of God. Ezra, turn to Ezra if you have your Bible open to Ezra chapter 7. We talked about Nehemiah chapter 8 earlier as we saw this example of hearing God's word. Right? So even before Ezra taught publicly and read publicly, we see there in Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, it says, For Ezra has set his heart to study the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. So first we see Ezra set his heart. There it is again, that heart posture as we approach the word of God. Secondly, it says to study the law of the Lord. He says thirdly, it's to do it. And then fourth, he says he wants to teach his statutes and rules to Israel. But before he taught the word of God to the people of God, and before he, he even studied it, we see that Ezra had to address his heart once again. Turn with me to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. our brother missionaries Paul and Silas uh, as they are traveling up and down the coast they come into a place called Thessalonica uh, to proclaim the good news to the Thessalonians and we know that the Thessalonians that the work of studying the word and opening the word up with them it was effectual not because they had all the answers their questions answered like, we know for a fact, because Paul had to write to them later down the line, uh, kind of uh, addressing some of the questions that they still had about the faith. So we know for a fact that it wasn't successful because they knew everything. But in 1 Thessalonians, <coughs> excuse me, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says, we know it's successful because they had turned from their idols to serve the living God and to wait for his son from heaven. All right, so it's not just the head knowledge, but we don't want to dismiss that. Please don't. Uh, but they knew that it was effectual because they had turned to God. Their study of the word turned them to follow after their Lord and Savior. And after almost being killed by the Jews here in Thessalonica, he's somewhat, he ran out of town to this place known as Berea. And they did the same thing in Berea. He came there to Berea and opened up the word of God to study the word of God with them. And we see there in Berea that it says that now the Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. 
And we even get to see Paul's heart in studying the word of God in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, because even as Paul is in prison, right, he's sitting there, uh, and he asks Timothy to bring him something as he waits for him. He says, when you come to me, 1 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, when you come to me, bring me my cloak, bring me the books, and bring me, above all, the parchments, which we believe he's referring there to the scriptures. Right? So even in his time of despair, he says, I want to study the word of God. So bring me my, my favorite blanket. All right? And then bring me the scriptures. All right? Bring me the Bible. And just as Paul did for Timothy, I kind of want to bring us some resources too to help us uh, study the word of God. Okay? What should we bring to the table? What should we bring? Should we just bring our blankets too and our Bibles? In a sense, yeah. <laughs> I think that'll uh, help us, in a sense. Uh, what was that? Can't top a good Bible and blanket. <laughs> it's, he was very specific about which cloak to bring, too. But he was like, uh, <clears throat> where was I? Okay, see? Distractions. All right. What do we need to study the Word of God? All right. Uh, first, we need the text. Okay. We need the text. Right? We need the Bible. Uh, if you come to study the Bible without the Bible, you won't study the Bible. All right? it's, it's, not, it's not advanced calculus here. It's, it's simple. If you don't have the text, you can't study the text. I will recommend, I might be a little old school in this, I will recommend having a hard copy of the Bible. Uh, this is not biblical man, so this is just a suggestion. Because I know digital and media, like, even if it's on a laptop or tablets or phones, we can easily be tempted just to swipe to a different slide or screen, search up different things, you know. I, I recommend just have a paper copy. Uh, it's less likely that you can scroll to Instagram in your Bible uh, or to flip over to TikTok and do find your latest trends. Uh, or just to find the news or just to do random searches, right? So I recommend a paper copy of the text, the Bible, uh, to study the word with. Yeah. I also say, uh, as you think about Bibles that you use, uh, reference Bibles are good. Uh, study Bibles are great as well. Uh, I use, uh, well, here at UBC, we use the English Standard Version. Uh, in our day-to-day, uh, in our week-to-week rhythms. Uh, so I encourage you to even take up an ESV version. You'll find some there in the pew backs in the service. You can take one of those. It's a free gift. Uh, also, I encourage you to uh, think well about how you use those type of resources. Uh, know that the, the words and the notes in the margins are not inspired. The words that are on the fullness of the page, they are. All right, so even references and commentary notes, uh, they can err, right? They can be some erroneous stuff in references and in commentary notes, but the Word of God will not, amen? Right. All right, so the Word of God is infallible, so trust that, search the scriptures, uh, use the whole breadth of scripture as you try to study and t- um, understand what they mean. Uh, if you would like a Bible, I would love to give you one here today. Uh, I have a couple copies. Uh, feel free to come find me after it, and I would love to give one to you, or if you want to give one to somebody else, come see me. All right? Uh, ultimately, 
Uh, we don't have the Bible that the, the Bible that's best to use is the one that's true to God's word and the one that you'll read. Okay? So I think that's kind of helpful to think about what text should we use. So we got the text. What tools do we need? All right. Uh, the primary tools I said to bring to your Bible study is pen and pencil and paper. All right. Some way to take notes. Pen, pencil, and paper. If you need pen and paper, We'll go to Walmart today, and I'll buy you a lifetime supply. It, it's one of the few things that's still cheap. So, but bring pen and pencil and paper to your Bible study. Like I told you before, there's something about that kinesthetic learning, the hand-to-head-to-heart uh, uh, work as you engage in studying the Word. And also, what I've noticed in my study of God's Word, um, that as I'm studying God's Word, that I, even if I have a paper copy, and no electronics around me, there's still distractions that come. So it doesn't eliminate them. It just kind of, it lessens them, but it doesn't eliminate them. Sometimes I have thoughts like, ah, I gotta do this today. Or, man, I really want, or what is that about? Oh, it's like random thoughts. And I, even people I start thinking about. Uh, so sometimes with that pen and paper, I just jot out a corner. Uh, this is a tip that I've, I've learned from others. Uh, just to find a corner, just to write down those random thoughts. All right, they get some out of my head, out of my focus, but they'll be there for later when it's time to come to me. All right, just to write down some random thoughts that come in your head to get, get you back focused on where you should be. All right, so those are some tools I would say essential to bring to, uh, to your Bible study. All right, and then just time, okay? Uh, so you got your text, you got your tools and pen and paper, and then just time, uh, which could be one of the harder things to find, right? Uh, finding time to study God's word. Uh, so, with that being the case, uh, let's think well about how we discipline ourselves to make time to study, to go deeper in depth study with God's word. Alright, so that could be 20 minutes for you, that might be 10 minutes for you, that might be 2 hours for you. Uh, but let's think disciplinedly about how we can get better time in God's word. Some avenues for you to do this, don't, equip, don't, um, don't neglect your equipping classes on Sunday morning. Uh, I know it's an hour and a half earlier than what you have to be here for uh, the, the morning gathering, uh, but don't neglect those. All right? We'll have topical and uh, more biblical studies uh, that we'll be going through uh, in our equipping classes and ABF, so don't neglect those. Take that time to get here and study God's word. All right? uh, take up the weekly passage, uh, sermon passage. Read that throughout the week. Study it. Uh, or do it more reflectively. Hear the word of God preached. Then take that same passage throughout the week and look through it again. Like we said before, take those scriptures which were given to you, the Sunday evening scripture. Take it and study through it uh, after you've heard the word of God. Go study through that. Uh, we talk about uh, discipleship and how meeting with one another. I think one of the more faithful examples I got to see is my brother Corey went Vaughn when I lived with him. Uh, I loved it when, like, Saturday morning I would wake up and he's already in the kitchen with a, another brother just sitting there studying the Word of God with him. And that was just, like, just a sweet sign to see. Uh, so study the Word of God with one another. Uh, endeavor to link arms with another brother or sister in Christ to study the Word of God. Uh, we talk about booking vacations, right? Uh, Book you a time to study the Word of God, right? Book you a time to say, hey, on July 15th this year, 
I'm taking six hours with you or by myself uh, to go study the Word of God um, at my favorite coffee shop somewhere or whatever. Sometimes you just need to plan it, all right? Like we do, we do this sometimes with conferences, all right? Uh, whether it be Women's Institute, we did this somewhere with the men's retreat here recently, all right? So sometimes it's helpful to schedule and to plan devoted time to study the Word of God. Uh, so put it on your calendars, all right? We put everything on our calendars. The things that are important, we put on our calendars. So make a point in time where you're going to plan to go study the Word of God. So the method of which I tell you to do, when you go to study, how should I do it? I recommend you do three things, uh, which is there on your handout for you. Uh, go to uh, that last page, Bible study method. <clears throat> I recommend three things to you. Uh, so when it comes to Bible study method, I, I recommend that you, one, observe the text. Okay? Observations. What do you see in the passage? What are key words, references, ideas, things that are repeated? All right. At this point, you're basically just kind of writing uh, what you see in the scripture, okay? what you're observing, uh, what you see. Now, you're going to check your eyesight here a little bit later, but at this point in time, we just got to say, what do you see? So as, as you go to your optometrist, as you go to the eye doctor, all right, that time they tell you to take off your glasses, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to see that screen, but this is what I see, all right? We can, we can change and work on that later, but we need to get a baseline. Okay, what am I observing, all right, here at this point in time in the text? And then as we move to interpretation, we can begin to ask some questions to kind of help check your eyesight, right? We can kind of ask some questions to kind of help, all right, this is what I've observed. This is true, the scripture. How do I do good interpretation? Well, a lot of it comes into asking good questions good random questions, all right? Begin to ask who, what, when, where, why, and how questions. At this point, remembering the context is key, okay? Don't interpret outside of context, all right? Uh, that's why I say some of your study Bibles will be helpful in determining context, but also reading the passages before and after uh, your text is helpful in developing uh, the, the context of what you're reading. And then as you write down those questions, you know, take time as you write down the questions, to actually go find the answers to those questions, all right? Don't just write them down for uh, just having them, but actually go find the answers to them. So uh, that's in our interpretations, but it doesn't just stop there. All right, we don't just want to observe and answer all these questions. But remember, the idea is that we want to meet with God and, uh, <clears throat> and to be more like God. That's our goal here. That's our satisfaction. I just have all our answers questions, answer, questions answered. I think that's like the fourth time I've switched those. So, like that, our our goal is not just have our questions answered. We want to meet with God, become more like God. So we want to apply what we have observed and interpreted in our life. So knowing what the verse said and how it should shape our lives, therefore we should now shape our lives by what we have studied in God's Word. James chapter one verse twenty two. Don't be just hearers of the word but be doers also. So this is what we come to in our study. So if we are only those who hear and study God's word, get all of our questions answered, but we never do anything with it, we're only going to deceive ourselves. He says even in that chapter, it's like looking intently into the mirror and seeing what manner of man he is, but then as he turns away, he immediately forgets. 
All right, don't deceive yourselves. Think well about how we can grow in our own godliness as we study God's word. All right. So I think you got to look. So some of these steps are harder than others. Uh, for me, uh, observation is hard. Uh, it's hard for me just to write down what I see because I automatically just want to answer to the question. Like, I don't want to take time to just sit with the text, meditate over it, bring out words and key phrases. Uh, I really just want, hey, give me all the questions that need to be answered. All right? Uh, for you, it might be interpretation. Uh, you're good at observing things, but not really kind of analyzing, interpreting things. Uh, push deeper into this. The Spirit of God is there to help you in all your Bible study. Do your best in this. Um, sometimes it's helpful to set a goal in, in what you're trying to observe and interpret. Uh, sometimes, even as I was uh, prepping sermons before, sometimes I set goals for what I want to observe, uh, like a goal of 50 observations, 100 observations, whatever else. Uh, these, I want to answer these questions. All right, sometimes I get to it, sometimes I don't, but sometimes that's helpful in helping us uh, get to the point where we apply what we hear and study in God's word. All right. But kind of segueing to that last point, this is kind of where hearing and studying God's word will hold hand in hand together. Because I want to talk to us a little bit about what it means to talk about God's word, to dialogue about God's word. So talking for me, I'm sure for others, is hard, right? especially just in being transparent and open and honest. It's not something I naturally want to give myself to, uh, but it's a good discipline that we should take up. Uh, but you see, our lives depend on like good dialogue between one and especially with faithful brothers and sisters. We should endeavor to talk with one another about what we have learned and heard and studied in the scriptures. Dialogue over the scriptures can help bring a better understanding of what we are hearing and studying, and it can help us see God in a way we have not considered before. Right? We can help one another meet God. I think in John, the Gospel of John, you see perfect examples of this, and often dialogue Jesus has with other individuals, especially in John chapter 4, the woman at the well. You see Jesus and the woman at the well have dialogue and conversations and talks over scripture, over uh, theological themes. And through that dialogue, through that talking, you see that this woman comes to faith. And then she goes to talk to other folks in the city. She goes to talk to other people in town and tells them and dialogues with them about what that says the Lord. And then you see Jesus come into town. And what do they do? They just pick up right where they left off and continue to talk about the word of God. Uh, in Acts chapter 15, sorry we don't have time to turn there today, but uh, Acts chapter 15, you see another example where uh, the elders are confused over an issue that has come before them that uh, some have said you must be circumcised in order that you can be saved. So what do they do? They come together and they search the scriptures. They search the scriptures to study, uh, to put out disagreements that might be among them. Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch. Right? The same thing happened there. The Ethiopian eunuch is looking at Isaiah. But then Philip comes along and they have a conversation about scripture. They talk about scripture to one another and it helps bring this understanding to what God, what thus says the Lord. So they see scripture has this understanding that we should be talking about God's word. We should talk about it. 
we'll talk about everything else. Uh, we'll talk about what's wrong in the world. We'll talk about politics. We'll talk about sports, what we saw the other day, what other person did, the juiciest gossip. We'll talk about everything else. We should be those who talk about the word of God. This should be central to our life. So even listen to others, not just talk to them, but even listen to what they're saying about the word of God. It's kind of coming back to that hearing. All right, so listen to others. Uh, how, how can we grow in our ability to talk? And this is where we'll finish up. Uh, how can we grow in our ability to talk about the word of God? I think one example that's helped us uh, is to listen to others talk about the Bible. Listen to others talk about the Bible. Uh, there's podcasts out there, Bible Talk. Uh, there's a non-marked one. Windows and Mirrors is another wonderful uh, tool where people just meet together on podcasts and their goal is to talk about scripture. Nothing that's going on. They're not talking about current events. What's going on, they're picking a passage and they're just reading through it and discussing it and seeing how they're observing, interpreting, and applying it to their life. Uh, start a conversation with what you've observed, interpreted, or applied from your study of God. Right, just pick one of them and dialogue with them about a, with a brother or sister. Uh, also, leverage your meals. Um, use your breakfast, your lunch, your dinners. Uh, as you meet with others to talk about what you have read in the scriptures. Don't, lay, don't miss those times. Uh, car rides, going to Walmart. Matter of fact, I had to have one yesterday uh, as I was in my oil change, and it took an hour and a half. It was a perfect time where I got to meet with another, uh, another person there in the oil changing area, but we got to talk about what that says to the Lord, to talk about the scriptures. And then also just to Engage non-believing family members, friends, right? We see that example with the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Engage non-believers in reading the scripture and studying the scripture with you. That's a perfect way in which you can talk about the word of God, right? So engage with non-believing family members and friends in a way where you can talk about it with each other, not just where you should dialogue to them, listen to them, talk to one another. Uh, so, and also, don't neglect the body. Talk with one another about scripture, even as those who are here in the body. Uh, if, if we believe that God dwells among his people, that God is with us, right? It's just, we, he dwells among his people. This is where he tabernacles now. Like, why would we neglect the opportunity to meet with God with one another? Right? I know that Christ is in you. I want to be able to dialogue with Christ in you. I want to be able to talk with the God that's working and abiding in me to help me understand the scriptures well, to help me understand the word of God. So talk with one another. Talk to the Jesus in you and I that we might understand the word of God a little bit better. Don't neglect this. This is a wonderful opportunity which we should take advantage of. Ultimately, it's just come down to the ways which we discipline ourselves to do this. This doesn't mean go talk to everybody. But this does mean to discipline yourselves to have dialogue with other faithful believers. Once we finish this, uh, I encourage you as we go to our gathering to even practice some of this. Dialogue with one another as what you have been taught and even what you find in scripture. Uh, take this time to even uh, walk away thinking about what are ways I can talk about scripture with one another, about what I'm studying, what I want to hear, or even ways in which you want to grow in one of these areas, which are all beneficial for you. So these are great ways which you can do to apply these over into your life.